This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you by the Pocket Testament League. Visit ptl.org for practical resources and encouragement to help you share your faith. ptl.org. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him today as we will... Today is going to be an emotional, powerful conversation. One that we've had one other time on the show before, but today, I, I don't know, I just get ready. It's going to be... I, I think it's going to transform our country, this kind of conversation. Mm. Martha, before we talk about how people can get connected with us, we've got some stations, some people listening all over the country we need to say thank you to. We definitely do. And most, um, n- the newest is that we are in coastal Virginia, Jim. So we have been able to um, start broadcasting there every evening during the week at 10 p.m. So we want to say a quick shout out to our new listeners up there in coastal Virginia. But of course, thanks to AM 570 and 910 and FM 102.1 right here, Salem, WTBN in Tampa Bay and in Jacksonville, 917, 919, and 91.3, Jacksonville, St. Augustine, and Folkestone, Georgia. Thanks, you guys, for tuning in today. We're grateful, and as long as we only have nine stations we're on, we we can list them all every day. It's fantastic. Martha, how can people connect with us on Facebook? Because we want to we be able to connect with people on Facebook so they know when we're posting blogs, when we're posting podcasts. How, how can they do that? Well, they can just go to um, their Facebook and assuming a, lo- a large majority of us are still on Facebook is um, I work for him and it's just I work the number for him and you can find our Facebook page. Make sure that you follow us. You can even make it so that we're at the top of your feed um, if you so choose so that you're getting it every day so you know what's happening. Um, but Jim, there so many things are happening. Our sponsors, we're sharing with people how these businesses are living out what we talk about on the radio every day, and we love them, we love our sponsors, and we're very proud of them for what they're doing in their workplaces. And um, then they can just see, you know, they can comment. I love to engage with people. On Sundays, we've been asking where people are going to church, and lots of people have been responding, that kind of thing. Michael Miracle does an incredible job posting things on our Facebook page and coming up with creative titles and introductions to every Power Podcast. Uh, Michael, or the podcast, the Power Podcast, there's something that's coming. Stay tuned for that. Michael, every Sunday you're asking people where they go into church. Right. That's true. And um, it's been uh, I've been doing that for the past maybe three or four weeks now. And it started kind of slow the first week or two. But then this thing has snowballed big time. Like last week, we had like 24 folks respond to it. It's been amazing. And have you posted a response on that? I'm just liking the posts that come in. Okay. (laughs) Good job. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Listen, abortion at this point in our country's history. It's likely that there is not one citizen living today who has not been impacted by the Holocaust of our unborn children in this country. Over 61 million children have been aborted since 1973 on this day. Last year, it was the leading cause of death in the world with over 60 million children aborted worldwide in one year. How is abortion impacting those we work alongside? How can we minister to those who are hurting because of an abortion? Both women and men can be post-abortion. Since today is the 46th anniversary of Roe versus Wade, a ruling that since then Roe has said, hey, she wishes she could reverse her position on this as it was ruled on 46 years ago. Martha and I asked Susan Dyer-Lair from Passages of Hope to talk with us today about abortion recovery and how you can, you, 
there out in your workplace can use this as a ministry tool in your workplace because the people that you work alongside they're hurting what are they hurting from do you know and if it's abortion are they going to tell you mm, maybe not but it's something we need to be aware of that's impacting it's like a plague on our society susan dyer lair with passages of hope welcome back to i work for him Oh, thank you so much, Jim and Martha. It's a pleasure to be here. Susan, I, let's just start off with Passages of Hope. What is Passages of Hope all about? Passages of Hope is all about restoring and saving lives that have been broken from an abortion loss. And that can be directly the woman who had the abortion or indirectly the person who influenced that decision. Well, and and that's something that, you know, it's it's a lot of times, first of all, there's very little talk about the impacts, the negative impacts of abortion on a woman post-abortion. I mean, they don't talk about it in the media at all. It's not talked about at the government level at all, but it is being talked about because we interviewed somebody last June in Oregon who was working legislatively to talk about those negative impacts of an abortion, the physical negative impacts of an abortion on a woman. Yet the mental impacts impact both the man and the woman Mm -hmm. post-abortion. How did you guys figure that out? Well, I figured it out myself personally, uh, 30, almost 33 years ago, I had an abortion and it, uh, it wrecked my world mm-hmm. uh, to the point that I remained silent about for 11 years. It was my deep, dark secret. Uh, anytime anyone would mention it, I wanted to quickly bury it. I wanted to avoid the conversation. And uh, I remember going to my yearly uh, medical visits and every time my nurse would ask about my pregnancy history, mm. I would just re-experience it. And I, my mm. heart would race. And out of my nature, I wanted to tell the truth as far as my pregnancy history, fearing that maybe some medical complication would be involved with my abortion choice. So I painfully would reveal that loss each year. But I, it was, um, it was devastating. And it wasn't until 11 years later, I was in church that I heard for the first time about uh, the Pregnancy Center of Pinellas now, which is uh, New Life Solutions, and they offer abortion recovery grief Bible study groups. And typically someone that's gone through an abortion loss, because we've buried it down for so so many years, we don't really wanna deal with it. We don't wanna deal with the pain and the grief and just the fear. You're saying you don't wanna deal with it, Mm -hmm. yet people who don't wanna deal with it are dealing with it every day, aren't they? Oh, indirectly, absolutely. You'll see a lot of reactivity, a lot of anger, um, a lot of uh, what we call um, vigilant behavior where uh, either uh, in their performance is very performance-based in their work. Uh, They're very reactive, defensive. Um, A lot of times you may have a parent who will call in sick because it impacts uh, their bonding with their children, either they're over-empathic or under-empathic. And the over-empathic will be the helicopter parent who will be vigilant anytime there's a sniffle or you know um, any cause of concern, fearing that they're going to be punished by God. Oh. You know, you started that conversation right there with, um, you learned it from personal experience, how it affects. And I think that that's one of the things that's so powerful about what we're talking about today is that you're not coming from this to this from an ethereal 
position. You're not saying this is what we've researched and studied, which there is all of that. But you know for a fact because you've talked with people and you've experienced it yourself of the hurt and the healing that needs to happen after an abortion. And that is what I think is so powerful about what we're going to talk about today, Jim. Susan, it is, uh, you know, with 61 plus million children having been aborted in this country, Mm -hmm. which is, as I like to just, let's put it in, in, in perspective for everybody. That's the entire population of California, Florida, and Minnesota wiped Mm -hmm. off the map. Today's populations, that's a lot of people. This is impacting people everywhere. Do we have any idea the collateral damage effect in our country? Do we have any idea the numbers? Mm. I mean, if it's 61 million babies have been aborted, what's the collateral damage? Do we have any idea? That number is unknown um, for the reason that the Center of Disease Control uh, report annually uh, and is volunteer reporting through the states Mm. uh, how many abortions occur. So to give you an example, California, and I believe New Hampshire and another state chose not to report. And oh. you think of the size of California alone. So we don't know the exact number. And is given to us the CDC reports, one in four have had abortions. And out of that, every one in four do all of them experience post-abortion trauma and grief. That answer is, is not for, not everyone may. And the reason I say that, I just want to make it real clear, is that if somebody doesn't hold a, a biblical worldview that uh, God is the creator of life, um, and they feel like they are, in, you know, the author of their destiny, mm. then they're going to be less likely to experience a personal loss. Mm. Yeah. So you know, one of the things that um, we want to tell our listeners about is the fact that you guys um, represent and are part of the abortion recovery group and we want them to uh, our listeners to understand what that what does that look like what in the world um, would they encounter if they were to attend uh, an abortion recovery group that's a good question Uh, the first thing that they're going to experience is a safe place Mm -hmm. for the first time they're going to have a safe place to be with other like-minded folks who have lost uh, lives through an abortion decision, indirectly or directly. And the majority, the vast majority of the individuals in the group are believers. And so often these individuals have been silenced in the church because no one has spoken about abortion recovery and that there is help available. And most will be silent because of the shame, the shame and the avoidance. Mm. The shame runs deep, doesn't it? Very deep. Profoundly deep. Just to give you an idea, I thought when we would uh, go into the jail and offer these groups that there would be some bit of a leveling of shame because everybody there has committed some type of crime. Mm -hmm. And ironically, what we find is that because our group is called Celebrate Life After Abortion, there are women there that resist going in because they don't want to be identified as someone that's had an abortion. Mm -hmm. So even there... Uh, the shame rules many hearts and minds. But the statistics that you mentioned to us mm-hmm. earlier about uh, inmates who have had abortions, that number is staggering. You said mm-hmm. that it was 75% of the people in, in women in prison had had abortions. That's what just oh, something that was said last week. Yeah. The number was huge. Yes, many. And sadly, many of them were coerced and pressured into that decision for an abortion. And so this may be the first time ever that anyone talks about 
uh, grieving that loss. And that's what's key, is that they know that it's important. It's a, it's a time to mourn before we can dance. We have to mourn. Right. And to give honor to those lives that have been lost is key. So let's talk a little bit more, because I'd love to get into the whole what you guys are doing in the jails, because I think it's wonderful. But um, in these groups that people can attend, whether they um, directly had an abortion or they were affected by it or they helped make the decision towards it, um, is it, a, is it a certain amount of time that they attend so many weeks and that they have a start and a finish? Is that the goal? And tell us what that looks like. It's a nine-week Bible study. And the first week is more of just establishing trust and rapport mm -hmm. with the ladies or gentlemen that are in the group. And again, these are separate gender groups. Okay. Then we first just want to identify the loss. Mm -hmm and start thinking about some of the details of that loss to break the avoidance and to break that numbing. Then the because next many week, of them have probably never talked about it. No. Okay. Um, hmm. It's amazing. We might be the first group that they have spoken to about it right. over 40 years. Yeah. Mm. We even have women that have been in the group. Their abortion loss was 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. The next lesson that they go into the second week is the character of God. And that is the instrumental chapter because they will navigate through that chapter in God's word, 70, 70 different scriptural references. Mm. And God's word will just bathe and wash and clean up all the deception, all the lies that are really the, the, the strongholds that they mm -hmm. hold on to that keep them silent. And I remember when I went through that chapter, I cried and I cried, but they weren't tears of bitterness. They were just tears of relief yeah. because the deceivers, they're set to steal, kill, and destroy. And I, it was just revolutionary. And then after that chapter, it prepares our hearts and our minds to grieve. And we go through the grief stages, you know, the anger, the depression, mm -hmm. the ability to forgive. And a lot of us have, because most of us are in church, we theologically, we get it, you know, what Christ did on the cross was sufficient. However, there's a disconnect with our hearts. We don't feel it. And there's a lot of self-condemnation. And again, that is driven by fear. So um, just giving us that little bit of an overview, I think one of the biggest things I pull away is that it, you're being surrounded by a hope and a healing that can come through this situation. And you're be, you're walking the attendees through that process. One of the things you said at the very beginning, though, I want to address a little bit. So these groups are not just women's groups. You also have men's groups, too. And I want you to talk about that a little bit. Yes, we have uh, strictly just men groups as well. And a lot of times they're the forgotten group. However, you will hear uh, very shortly from Jason how an abortion decision for some they regret that they coerced their daughter or pressured their daughters maybe she was 16 at the time didn't think that was in her best interest to have that life and then they witness her struggle and spiral spiritually emotionally maybe even physically mm -hmm. and then you have the man who may not may not have even known that uh, his girlfriend went and had the abortion and that's a testimony that jason will share jason turner welcome to i work for him Hello, thank you, Jim. Talk to us. Tell us your story. Tell tell us your post-abortion story. So I was uh, my my girlfriend had an abortion in two thousand and two, and um, I was saved in two thousand and five. And in two thousand and twelve, 
um, I went to a men's retreat where um, uh, the the discussion came about that uh, how do I how do I receive healing from an abortion? Now a lot of time had passed from my abortion, obviously at that time, and mm-hmm. my life after the abortion spiraled out of control into the the, the depths of, of of darkness. That it's amazing, it's a miracle that I'm here. Um, drugs and alcohol. Um, and just total, total rage, and, and every every relationship I was in became a nightmare. Um, and it was my fault. It was me raging against um, one thing that, that that Susan said. They're vigilante. I became a vigilante against everything and everyone. If I perceived someone as doing something wrong, I was overly aggressive at making them stop that and, and finding the way to accuse them. And and I just today came across that information in myself. And um, and just everything became a stop in my life, getting fired from jobs and, and not, not able to accomplish anything. Um, at this men's retreat... And you relate all that to a- agreeing to an abortion. Actually, I didn't agree. The, the, my girlfriend asked me to take her to the doctor for a visit. She, I knew she was pregnant, and I, um, she actually wound up having me drive her to an abortion clinic. And she jumped out of the she she got out of the car and said she was going in for an abortion and I hadn't even parked the car we were at the front door, um, and I, I I was taken aback I had no idea I just I couldn't focus on anything, mm-hmm. so I parked the car and I ran in after her and they wouldn't let me in, they had the doors locked you uh, there was a double set of doors and I couldn't get through the second door I was I was going in to stop this, um, and I wasn't able to. Wow. So. I was just devastated. I really was, and unfortunately, um, they were not. I was screaming. They they were. They had called the police on me at one point because I was beaten on the door to try to get in, trying to break it down, and uh, I couldn't stop it. Um, so. so that's where the pain comes from for you, from your experience. So of course, and yeah, and just hatred. I, I, after that, I, I I went into a world of hatred for her and everything about her. You work alongside, you work in the IT world, you work alongside men and women every day. Have you had a chance to go public with your story amongst workers? Do they know that you're post-abortion and that you are working through it? Yes, yes. How's that received at work? You work in a very public company. Yeah, um, a lot of people support it. uh, financially, even I get a lot of people that help with uh, uh, the Walk for Life, uh, mm-hmm. and and I do that openly and publicly. Um, and um, I I'm actually there's a there's a grief and a pain always going to be there for my child. But after I completed passages, it turned my life around. My world changed, and my my abilities at work to my relationships with people are just a, a 360 from what they were prior to. So going through an abortion recovery group, passagesofhope.org, passagesofhope.org, that, with the power of God, really turned your life around. Absolutely. It was a, a, a 360 again. So my family went to, um, uh, went through this with me, obviously. I, I, I had gotten married and uh, saved after after the abortion. And uh, my, my child, while I was in week five, they had, something happened at my house. We actually had a TV set tipped over. And my little five-year-old, everybody froze. They just expected me to explode on them. And 
my little five-year-old looked up and after about three or four minutes of everybody relaxing and then figuring out this wasn't going to turn into the normal um she said daddy i'm so glad you don't yell at me anymore uh, wow. <laughs> so god really brought healing in your life absolutely and closure that's that's amazing and you're able to talk about it because men like you jason turner are all over the country suffering from an abort an abortion decision their post-abortion ladies and gentlemen abortion has touched the lives of virtually every well it has touched the life of every person who's a citizen of the United States of America, because this is a scourge on our country. Over 61 million of our children have been murdered since 1973. That's the entire population of California, Minnesota, and Florida, where we live. But that's not, we're not talking about that today. We're talking about abortion recovery because of those 61 million abortions. Thousands, hundreds of millions of us who live here in this country are suffering post-abortion. It's impacted our lives. But where do we go for help? That's what we're talking about today. Passagesofhope.org. Passagesofhope.org. Martha. So, you know, Jim, we just had this amazing conversation with Jason, hearing a little bit of his story and how abortion affected him. He didn't get to make the decision, um, and it ended up turning him into somebody who had a lot of anger and vigilanteism, if that's a word, in um, in his life. And, I, and then he was exposed to the opportunity to go through Passages of Hope and to understand that um, there is freedom in that forgiveness and that healing that can happen in his own life. What I want to think about for just a minute is the fact that he was struggling with all of these things and going to work. And... Um, working next to people that maybe had no idea that he was struggling with this. And one of the things we talked about off the air is that we can look for um, person, you know, things that are going on in people's lives. If they're, if they do have an incredible amount of anger or they react in a certain, you know, really strongly or a vigilante way, um, these are things that may be signs that they have, they're struggling with um, post-abortion. So, Well, one of the things that you taught me years ago, Martha, was that hurting people hurt people. Mm-hmm. And we're surrounded by hurting people. And when we see people acting out, it doesn't make sense why they're reacting the way they are. How about we just ask, what's wrong? Right. Mm-hmm. How about we just ask, is there something I can pray about for you? Yep. Just to try to open up that conversation, it may not open it up all the way to, hey, yeah, by the way, my daughter just had an abortion or I had an abortion 20 years ago. I'm still angry about it. I mean, it's, but to let them know that you care. So yeah, you're exactly right. And developing that relationship and showing that you care with your employees and your coworkers and the people that you come in contact with every day your bosses. is really what we are all about talking on the radio. Your elected officials. All of those things um, may open the door for a safe environment where they can have the conversation. And in that conversation, you may be able to share about an opportunity that they can go and get some help. And I just want to segue into an event that these guys have coming up that may be such a place. So, Susan, why don't you tell us about your upcoming event? Thank you, Martha. It is uh, coming up this Saturday, and it's all day at Calvary Church, and it's called Equip to Heal. Equip to heal. Equip to heal. And that is literally what we, our heart's desire is to do, is to equip those that are in the front line in ministry, those who may have a friend that they sense is struggling with an abortion loss, or even that individual who may have had that abortion loss and are afraid to step out and seek help. 
we have had in our last, we do these twice a year, and in our last conference, we had five individuals join a group after they went through that conference. And it was because they heard all these testimonies of hope. Mm-hmm. And so many of them just are so weary of a pattern of dysfunction, uh, what they think the deceiver will always try to uh, make them think that this works and they find a pattern that just gets them very weary. Well, let's talk about the deceiver for just a minute because it is his goal. Uh, Martha, do you want to jump in? Well, I just wanted to know if people could need to register for that or just show up and what time just for those details. Sorry, I'm the detail gal. Thank you. And I have a detail gal on our team, uh, Deborah Bryan. So if someone is interested in attending, please have them email Deborah at passagesofhope.org. It is a free event. It includes lunch, and it's over at Calvary Church. And if they just go to passagesofhope.org, is there like an event tab or something like yes. that? All right. Yes. Okay. I want to talk about the impact in our workplaces, and then I want to hear Deborah's story. Mm-hmm. Because the enemy has told people, the enemy comes to, Jesus said it, the enemy yeah. has come to steal, kill, and destroy, which is what abortion is all about. Mm-hmm. Stealing a life, killing a life, mm-hmm. destroying a life. It's all about that. Yeah. Yet Jesus came that we might have life and live it to its fullest. The enemy wants everybody listening and all the people that they know all around the globe, he wants, and all across this country, of course, for people who've had an abortion to keep quiet about it. Because when our sins are kept secret, then he can use them as a tool to play in our heads, to to, to, to tell us how worthless we are and to tell us, I mean, it, he uses that garbage because Jesus, because it hasn't come out into the light. The light exposes the darkness. Mm. How does your post-abortion recovery group at Passages of Hope, how does it help bring light on those dark things so that the enemy can no longer control and use those things against us? What is amazing is that when someone completes the abortion recovery Bible study through Passages of Hope, they are changed to the point where we've done data collection from... 2012, actually even earlier than that. And what we found was that the majority of women and men had told no less than maybe two or three people before they entered the group. By the ninth week, when they do a post-survey response feedback, the overwhelming majority want to give back. It's like that 2 Corinthians 1, 3, 4 being played out, that comfort that they receive from God. They want to be that extension of that same type of comfort to others. So they want, they want to live abundantly. They want to make a difference. And those are our ambassadors. Those are the individuals that will speak about, you know, I went through this group and this is what it did for me. And no one can deny someone's experience. And when they witness the change, I mean, when they witness the countenance change, I mean, honestly, I wish we could take a photograph of them week one to week nine because they're changed why literally. can't you you don't have to share with anybody but them but why can't you show why can't you take a picture when they walk in well you know what we do to make it a little bit safer because nobody probably would come back in week two if we did that <laughs> we have them draw the women in our women groups we have them draw what does your woundedness look like right now oh, oh my goodness when you compare that first week to the ninth week we have them redraw what does it look like now and it's a metamorphical change. Mm. Oh. And there's so many people hurting all around us. And, and I work for him. The, our goal is to make an impact in our workplaces, to, to look for ways, first of all, to pray for the people alongside of us, whether we know that they're hurting or not, yeah. but then look for ways to serve them over and above uh, how 
what our job requires us to do and then to look for ways to befriend them outside of a workplace because that's when you can have conversations like this but if christ followers out there listening are post-abortion and they've gone through a recovery group, it's important that they start talking about it. Yes. Because this is something that's not being talked about enough from the, from the pulpit. If you are listening to this show and you go to church, please go to your pastor and beg him or her to talk about abortion from the pulpit because it's impacting 50 plus percent, I'm guessing, at least. It may be impacting him or her. But, you know, if 50% of the pastors are addicted to pornography, how many have been impacted by abortion? The numbers are staggering. I wonder if Barna's done research on that. We'll have to look at that. But we got to talk about this because when you talk about it, it loses its power. And right now, abortion has power over our country. It has power over the lobby. It is, I mean, literally, you as a taxpayer listening to this show are paying for abortions every day. 2,700 babies have been killed in this country today. So we got to fight it, but it's truth that fights this, and it, it's and so we have some truth that needs to be shared. Deborah, are you ready to share your story? Deborah Bryan is here. She's going to share a little of her story. What's your What's your abortion story? Well, thank you, Jim and Martha. Uh, so I was a pastor's daughter. I still am. My father uh, grew up in the pastor's family and um, uh, just was going through life and trying to be a good girl and do the right thing. But I received or began to fulfill. Um, uh, uh, approval addiction, wanted everybody to like me. And that just manifested itself in ways of seeking approval and, a, and, a, and, a, and a, a, that kind of thing. So I um, went, got into college and just began to um, have sex outside of marriage, knowing it was wrong, but I kept thinking I was going to find Mr. Wright and someone that was going to love me unconditionally. It didn't happen. Heartache began from that point. At 21, I became pregnant the choice to have an abortion was really the only choice I thought would be the best one. I didn't want to tell my parents. It was just, it just went from there. So from that point to about within a 21 year period, I was pregnant four times. Uh, one time I did at the second of pregnancy, I was surrounded by Christians. I had found Jesus. He, he saved me. Uh, I accepted him as my savior and I was surrounded by Christians. So they ended up helping me make the decision to raise my daughter, which mm -hmm. I did. Um, then I subsequently had two more abortions after that because I was still in the same pattern of brokenness, mm -hmm. fear, shame, guilt, all of it. And so the last abortion I had, I was working at my church on staff and I thought, I'm here now, I can atone for my sins. And I left a failed, I was leaving a marriage, a divorce, a divorce um, ended in divorce. And as I did that, I immediately got into another relationship to find love. Mm -hmm. ended with an abortion and I, I chose as a staff member to have an abortion rather than face the judgment and possibly probably lose my job okay so talk to me about that that wasn't the reality that was just what you thought correct so those three abortions the four pregnancies the three abortions how did you function in life having that hanging over your head every day as you went to work yeah. at a church? Yeah. I hit it very well. We do stuff it down, but I was filled with self-loathing, self-hatred. I was filled with uh, just anger. Um, I, I, I was a perfectionist. I couldn't do anything right. I wasn't good enough. I compared myself to everyone and I, I suffered financially. It was horrible just going through it. So. Let's talk about 
how that how you got to learn about passages of hope. Where did that enter your life and what has that effect been on you? Well, I basically knew that God was leading me after watching a movie uh, several years ago about a a daughter who was uh, supposed to have been aborted, but she survived. And I felt God saying, you will be doing something. Yes, that was the one. That was the one. And I just said, God, you're going to you're going to have me do something in this because of what I'm going to go through. I hadn't been healed yet. But a couple of years later, I uh, was uh, connected with New Life Solutions. And at that time, the director of Passages and met with her and Saul and, and there's Gail. more to this story when we come back on I Work For Him. As we talk about post-abortion recovery, passagesofhope.org, each and every one of us has been touched by abortion in this country, really around the globe. Over 61 million of our children in this country have been aborted in the last 46 years on this 46th anniversary of the decision, the deplorable decision of our Supreme Court to say that the lives of those children didn't matter. But last year, over 60 million children worldwide were aborted. This is a plague. It's a scourge. And every day the enemy gets glory in it because the people that have experienced abortion are hurting. They're damaged. They're scarred. And they need the healing that only Jesus can bring. Ladies and gentlemen, the people that have experienced abortion that you work alongside each and every day, they're not going to church to get that healing. You need to bring church to them. You don't bring church to them. Bring Jesus to them. That's what this show is all about. You and me, we may be the only Jesus our co-workers, our employees may ever meet. They are hurting. They need to know there's hope. That's why you need to connect post-abortion people to Passages of Hope. Passagesofhope.org. So, Deborah, you have been sharing your story with us, and um, you have experienced three abortions. You um, watched the movie October Baby, knew that God was doing something, and then you learned about Passages of Hope. And I just want to take one minute and realize for our listeners that as hard as your story is, you're not the only buddy, only person who's experienced that. And that's why we're so glad you're willing to share it with our listeners, because this may resonate with somebody that's listening to this and saying, you know what, she's got an end of her story that I want to hear, and I maybe want to experience the same thing. So we are very um, happy to have you share the rest of your story about what happened when you were exposed to Passages of Hope and went through it yourself. So I connected with the the, uh, Saul and a couple other people at New Life Solutions and then began a group of my own. So I was, was in a group five years ago my first group. Mm. And just as Susan described, everything about that study just totally immersed me into God's word. And although I knew deep down that he had forgiven me, I now could say, I forgive myself Mm. or I accept his forgiveness. And so, so many things have changed in in that group and then a subsequent groups that I took a second group, even after the first group myself to walk through a second time. But it has totally changed me. And it is a journey still. I can't mm-hmm. say like I don't think about things, but it is a journey. So speak to our listeners, to somebody who maybe is is struggling. They've they've had an abortion themselves. They've not told anybody or they've just are dealing with it in silence. What can you say to them to encourage them to take some next steps? Well, I would just say that, that God will continue to to touch their their soul, speak to them, and will be able to show them that he wants them to be healed and he loves them. And so then they would, you know, take a step to reach out to a, a center or a location near them 
here locally, passagesofhope.org, or wherever they are at a pregnancy center, most some of them will have abortion recovery. And it's not just for women. It's for men as well. It might be grandparents. It might be um, people that you no longer have a relationship with, but you're still suffering from that loss. And this is a wonderful opportunity for you to, to um, start a new page, a new chapter in your life. Susan Dyer-Lair, she's in here today from Passages of Hope. Susan, there are people listening to the show all over the world, but if they're in this country, there's this group of pregnancy centers called CareNet. Is that also a place where people can go to find out about abortion recovery groups, or can they just contact you and you can help multiply this effort everywhere? Uh, they can uh, go online to carenet.org and just do a search for groups. And what will come up is a map of all the states and they just click on the state that applies to them and it will show them the nearest groups for abortion recovery care. If they can't find an abortion recovery group in their town or near them within 30, 40 miles, can you, do you guys got the tools in order to multiply it in a town near them? I mean, you guys have been doing it for a long time already. Yes, and in fact, we uh, are very eager to do trainings to equip any pregnancy center that's in an area that doesn't offer abortion recovery care. Um, and if it even came down to a, a sense of timing and immediacy, I mean, we would we would get creative. We could, uh, <laughs> we could counsel them over the phone. Okay. We could do the study with them over the phone. So we're not going to leave someone that's in need As we're without an answer. Excellent. We're talking with Susan Dyer later today from Passages of Hope. Sorry, Passages of Hope passagesofhope.org. Ladies and gentlemen, we work alongside, we all work alongside people who've experienced abortion. They're in your church. They're sitting next to you in the pews. They're in the small groups with you. They're in your work groups with you. They may be your boss. They may be your employee. It could be your pastor. It could be his wife. This is something that needs to be talked about. Why? Why does it need to be talked about? Because this kind of, this kind of Let's just call it what it is. This kind of sin has a way of being buried by layers of ignoring it, but it still impacts people. And the only way to get healing from it and get release from it and get freedom from it is to talk about it and to bring it out in the light of Christ. And that's why an abortion recovery group is so powerful. And ladies and gentlemen, please, if you would, talk to your pastor this, as soon as you get a chance. Maybe it's tonight when you go to church. Pastor, we need to talk about abortion. Because people in our church have had abortions, and we need to talk about it because they need hope, and they need passages of hope. And they, because that's really what you're doing, Susan. You're bringing people through a passage of hope to see that there is light at the end of the tunnel of the abortion decision that they made years ago. Absolutely. And as Deb says, it's a process, and that week by week healing does enter them into a place of lightness and freedom. So you have some um, unique opportunities that you guys have started to expand into. Let's talk about a little bit about that, um, maybe on a college campus and in the in the prisons. Well, every Wednesday we are in uh, Pinellas County Jail, and we offer two groups. And we, for the most part, we have about 24 ladies mm -hmm. that attend. And originally we just did abortion recovery care. And because of the shame and the resistance to come, we decided, well, let's come in through the side door and offer help in the area of uh, sexual abuse and trauma. Mm. Because the majority, yes, and the majority that have had abortions have that history. So we opened up the path to sexual healing. We do it in the church. Deborah does it uh, over at Harborside. And we also do it at Pinellas County Jail. 
that doubled our numbers. Wow. And at that point, we were able to build trust mm-hmm. and credibility with mm-hmm. these ladies. And now they're open to, and, and every time we're talking about, we're talking about uh, abortion loss as it impacted us. So they're hearing it even in these groups with uh, regarding sexual trauma. Okay, but there's people listening from Hillsborough County, Pasco County, uh, uh, Polk County, people from Sarasota, Manatee County, uh, Lee County, and people, and, and then all over the first coast and all over coastal Virginia going, wait a minute, but but she didn't mention my jail. Are, I mean, is abortion recovery dealing with past sexual abuse? Is that going on in jails around our country? Jails and prisons. Jails and prisons. Uh, it is. Now, I know this is the first time in Pinellas County Jail that they offered this group. Mm. And Do we're you know delighted. if it's going on in Hillsborough County or any of the other counties here in Tampa Bay? I'm not, not sure. sure. Not okay. sure. So we need, to, we need to find that out because it's something mm-hmm. that there's hurting people hurt people. And yes. a lot of times they end up in jail. But Martha, it's also going on in other places. It is. So you guys are doing something at USF. Why don't you tell our yes. listeners about that? Um, we're very excited. We offered our first Path to Sexual Healing group this past fall. And uh, it was wonderful. And so we are starting another group in February. It's going to be February 6th. And for confidentiality, um, we're not going to disclose the Mm -hmm. location. But it is convenient to the University of South Florida area. And they can contact our confidential line at 727-940-2636. And also they can uh, leave a message or email on our website, uh, passagesofhope.org. Now you got an event coming up this weekend, you said, Equip to Heal. Talk about that really quick. Well, we're very excited. We do Equip to Heal uh, event for anyone that has a heart to minister to those that are broken. And so we have this for uh, individuals that are maybe going through the loss. We have this for those that are in counseling, those that are interested because they're ministry leaders. And we're literally going to equip them on how to reach and break the silence of those broken by abortion. Excellent. Deborah, I wanted to ask you one more question. As we talked to Deborah Bryan, she shared about her three abortions. Now that you're willing to share this out loud, really quickly, when you share this with other women, maybe not in the context of a Passage of Hope meeting, but you're out there in the community sharing it. Are, are you Have you gone social media on this yet? Do people that are your friends know that you're post-abortion? Uh, it is becoming more and more uh, my goal to do so. Um, yes. What so. kind of response do you get when people hear it, when, when friends hear it? Uh, they basically, uh, some of them will say, I've had one too. Mm-hmm. And the me too in that respect. But then just being able to sit shoulder to shoulder with them and say, here's what I did. And here's how you can get help too. Excellent. Wow. Passagesofhope.org. We'd like to thank Jason Turner, Deborah Bryan, and Susan dyer Lair, all here from Passages of Hope. Thank you guys for all being here today. Thank you, Jim and Martha. This is something that impacts our country every day. Abortion kills children every day and it impacts the moms and dads left behind they need hope passagesofhope.org passagesofhope.org contact your local legislators let's end this infanticide you've been listening to i work for him with your host jim and martha brangenberg we're christ followers our workplace it's our mission field but ultimately i work work for for him. him